This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. 15 kilometres to go over in France, stage 16 of Le Tour. We will be talking all things cycling in about five minutes' time. We're going to be joined, as I've said, all evening long by a man who well, can call Lance Armstrong, the infamous Lance Armstrong, as a former teammate. That's upcoming, so well worth sticking around for that. And of course, we are also building up here on Dubai 103.8 to the start of the Indian Premier League. It all gets underway down in the nation's capital on Saturday. We spoke about this a week or so ago. It's an exciting one. It is, it's a match that will garner an awful lot of attention. Two storied franchises in the IPL. It is Mumbai Indians taking on MS Dhoni's Chennai Super Kings. And as we get closer to launch date, Rob, you intrigued by it all? Are you looking forward to seeing how it all plays out? Yeah, I am intrigued by it, actually. Um... I've been uh, I've been watching quite a lot of cricket lately as yeah, well. Have, yeah. uh, I watched um, both ODIs between England and Australia in their entirety, and I thought they were excellent. And I thought that uh, it was really nice to see in an ODI a genuine battle between bat and ball. We mm. don't often see that. We see teams bludgeon their way to sort of three hundred plus, and and whether you know they can chase that down or not, you know. Whereas this one was really the bowlers were on top for a good degree of the match. It, the, the, the guys were saying, I think both both members of the team were saying that uh, it was playing like a, a, the fifth day of a test wicket. And I think that's great. I think that's great even for 2020. It would be nice to see just some moments in a 2020 where, where the bowlers have the upper hand and it's not just, well, there goes another over for 16 runs. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see how, uh, how the pitches are set up. I would imagine, obviously... They are going to be Conducive. free scoring. We know that. Um, it's going to be lots of sixes. There's going to be a lot of smash, smash, bang, wallop. Yeah. And uh, and I think obviously you know the, the the quality of the players speak for themselves. And a lot of retired stars as well. A lot of a lot of a lot of players that no longer play particularly much in the Test or ODI arena but they can still do some serious damage. Still do the damage. Belligerent, I think, is the word to use. But, of course, the other intriguing aspect of it all is that this is no ordinary IPL. We are living, yes, stating the bleeding obvious, but we're living in COVID times. And it's the work that's going on behind the scenes. I've been privy to one or two conversations uh, in here at ARN and with individuals out and about, whether it be working at the hotel side, whether it be members of staff and, and players and coaches. I mean, this is a heck of an effort. Some of these teams arrived mid-August, Rob. And if they get to the final, they're staying here till November 10th. That is a huge... Now, I appreciate they are rewarded handsomely from a monetary standpoint, but it's still a huge undertaking away from friends and family. And yes, they're doing what they, they do best, that they're doing their profession, but you know, they're in hotels. To, to stay lucid and to stay mentally kind of in the moment, it's, it's pretty tough on these guys. Uh, have they been able to bring their partners with no, them? No, no. A lot of the teams, not to my knowledge, the partners and, and family, wherever they are from, has been left at home. This is very much hunkering down with your teammates, your coaching staff, those that have been, I guess, granted permission to be with you in these team hotels. Look, and it's the golden goose of cricket, isn't it? I so appreciate it is. Th- there's been an opportunity to put it on. There was for so long, I think, if you'd, if you'd had this conversation back in May, I think we'd have both probably said there won't be an IPL this year. We were both surprised that the IPL came to the UAE, happy, of course, that it did. A little bit uh, still, the fact that it will be behind closed doors, I think, given the fact they were talking about potentially allowing a few fans into the stadium is is disappointing. And just a reminder of where we're at yeah. with, with the situation. But, you know, these guys are professionals and I'm sure 
I think uh, they're in it for the long haul. Well, we did catch up on Saturday. The Grill, of course, is back at Barasti every Saturday from 5 until 8pm. We caught up with Matt Boucher. He is the CEO of Abu Dhabi Cricket. Now, this is extraordinary because he outlined the remarkable measures that are being taken by his team down in the nation's capital to ensure the safety of the players, the coaching staffs, partaking in this year's IPL. Now, I appreciate we were outdoors on Saturday, so uh, do kind of bear that in mind with this but this is extraordinary this is Matt explaining the level the attention to detail that he and his team are having to take to ensure that this IPL hopefully fingers crossed passes without incident since the BCCI the uh, Border Control for Cricket India announced our standard operating procedures at the beginning of August uh, that then dominoed into effect um, in partnership with local government in partnership with National Crisis and Emergency Authority and SEMA uh, who are uh, managing the pandemic as I'm sure you all know uh, that was uh, close, closely detailed with uh, Emirates Cricket Board, Dubai Sports Council, Abu Dhabi Sports Council, and all of those entities working together towards rolling that through. Our first arrivals in Abu Dhabi were 20th of August when uh, we had a charter flight arrive from uh, Kolkata Knight Riders, and then 21st of August when a charter flight arrived from Mumbai Indians. They were then marshaled uh, under a biosecurity net towards their respective hotels at the Ritz-Carlton and at the St. Regis Sadiat Island. Uh, they immediately went into quarantine, a very strict quarantine, um, and on day eight of their quarantine, after three negative tests in six days and four negative tests in eight days, including the departure test, uh, we then created what was called an air bridge, which was an extension of their quarantine facility uh, in association with the Abu Dhabi police, which allowed them from day eight to 14 of their quarantine period to stretch their legs and they had uh, 15,500 square meters of private dedicated training space in uh, those six days and then of course on day 15 they're out then of the mandatory UAE quarantine and then into and under the rules of the event which is the Indian Premier League protocols that we spoke about from the BCCI. So that focuses on the testing rotations, that focuses as we move into sort of the match rotations on the zoning, the very, very strict zoning and the biosecurity measures that are put into place by the BCCI with the local network partnership here of the government and, and private companies such as Restrata who are managing the biosecurity uh, technology for the event. So it, it's been full on. Uh, it's been incredibly different. Uh, it's been uh, very, very um, energetic. Obviously, we've been... Um, doing things by the hour rather than by the week and a lot has changed in the UAE over the last four to five weeks and uh, again these are first time permissions that we're doing a lot of the time but the government have been absolutely superb as always here in Abu Dhabi and Department of Health have been inside the hotels partnering with the teams ensuring that they're comfortable uh, and ensuring that that air bridge works and now we're into a really comfortable phase with obviously two of the best teams to be based in Abu Dhabi we get into the match rotation the bubbles as we've seen with England and West Indies with England and Pakistan are 100% firm and locked down and, and we'll get into the matches. It is insane, the undertaking that has been taken. It really is. When he crystallises it and he talks so well, does Bouch on all things, you know, when it comes to organisation, etc. The level of detail that they're having to take just to put on a cricket match, fundamentally. I mean, no disrespect to the IPL, but... Yeah, the way he talks, it's like he's a high-ranking well, government official who sort of... 
yeah. welcoming a new sort of <laughs> president who's but that's kind of, where kind we're of at. motorcade. It's like something it's, out of 24. It really is. It really is. And uh, I'm intrigued by it all. I cannot wait. 6pm on Saturday, that first match should be excellent. I'm excited for it. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there are as well. Do let us know, incidentally, cricket fans out there, fan of it happening? Not happening. Well, of course it's happening, but I'd love to hear from you. Of course, the, the razzmatazz, the lack of razzmatazz may well detract a little bit, but uh, listen, when it all gets under underway, I'm sure we'll forget that there's no fans in the stadium. Now, for the next 10, 15 minutes or so, we want to talk all things cycling. The Tour de France has reached stage 16 today, a potentially decisive day over there in the mountains of France. Two kilometres the last time we checked in with you, Rob. We're hurtling towards a conclusion. We are, yeah. I don't have a result for you just yet, but we will do, I'm sure, in the next minute or so. In fact, we do know. We do know, know now exactly. I've just refreshed the page. Leonard Kamner, the German, has won stage 16. He did have that minute advantage over Richard Carapaz. He has managed to retain it. It's been an extremely challenging uphill route this stage 16 164 kilometers and there was no sprint finish on this one it was just a great ride from the 24 year old german that's his first stage win at the tour his first win on one of cycling's grand three tours and uh, richard carapaz has crossed the line in second place one minute and 27 seconds adrift interesting now then let's welcome our next guest into the conversation because this man has been it done it and he's got the t-shirt Yanni Brakovic he is well not only now is he a Dubai resident and he's working with Revolution Cycle in Dubai that is his day job today what was he before well he remains an uber competitive cyclist this is a man who is the former world under 23 time champion you've got to go back to 2004 for that this is a man who was once top 10 rider in the Tour de France he has been there he has done it he is also a former teammate of Lance Armstrong at Team Radio Shack back in 2010-11 he also happens to be Slovenian of course the two men battling for the yellow jersey this year are yep you guessed it Slovenian Yanni's taking the time to jump on the line with us and we say a very good evening to you Yanni Hello, hello. Hi, how are you, my friend? All well? Good, thank you. Yeah, th- thank you so much, Yanni, for taking the time out to join us this evening. You've heard the result there from Stage 16, and I've got so many questions for you, Yanni, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well, and I know Robbie does. So we're going to keep this pretty short and sweet in, in terms of getting to all of this. Talk to me about what it is like being a rider in the Tour de France, your memories of that, my friend. Oh, yeah, I mean, probably every rider's dream. The Tour de France is like the Olympics for, if you, if you compare cycling and other sports, in other sports is the Olympics, in cycling it's Tour de France. The difference is it's happening for 21 days, yeah. day after another, after another. So it, it's the pinnacle of your career, being there and racing there. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a huge, huge, huge thing for for every rider. Yanni, uh, we we were wondering this, and this is just I guess to to really uh, put our curiosity at rest. But really, when you guys are not racing in the Tour de France, when you have your occasional off day, what are you doing to ensure that your energy levels are going to be you know as good as they can be for the next stage? Well, on the rest days. Uh, usually you would still ride a little bit. Uh, of course, it varies from uh, rider to rider, but usually you would wake up, have a breakfast, and then go for a 
short ride, maybe an hour, maybe two uh, two hours. Some, some guys even do three hours, but nothing nothing hard. And then you have lunch, massage, and then you just uh, try to relax and, and recover. Now, Yanni, I've got to say, Slovenia is front and centre of this year's Tour de France. Of course, you approach Slovenian yourself. Talk to me about the two men that are battling for the yellow jersey. You've got Primoz Roglic for Visma Jumbo. You've got UE Team Emirates' very own Tadej Podikar. Do you know the men well? Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to keep in mind that Slovenia is a very small country, so everybody knows each other, so we're good friends amongst each other and uh, we talk uh, we talk uh, a lot of times so we know each other we train uh, together at times so um, yeah it's, it's a very small world here now then they won't be listening so I want an honest answer <laughs> from you who's winning it this year a lot of people before uh, a race was, was had before stage one said Primus Roglic was the man to watch Tadej Prodikar is a young man just 21 years of age from what you've seen of the tour this year who's your money on? Honestly I don't I don't really care who wins as long as it's one of them but it's I had to pick one. I, I think I would pick uh, Roglic because he. I don't think he's shown every, everything he has, and he's racing very. Uh, he's very smart in his approach to racing, and he's not wasting any energy. Uh, so I think he he can make it. But I also think that uh, Pogacar is extremely strong and wants this win badly. You've just corrected us on our pronunciation there, Yanni. Pogaccia. Yeah, Pogaccia. Is that how we pronounce uh, <laughs> Tadej? Yeah, yeah, it's Pogaccia. Pogaccia. Uh, at this stage, Yanni, just give us some insight into what this will come down to now. We're on stage 16, I think, what, four more stages, five more stages to go. It's critical now. We're in some extremely mountainous areas of France as they approach the business end of the tour. Is this now purely going to come down to who wants it more? Is it going to come down to race tactics? Is it going to come down to just who's got the better engine? Uh, who, you know, when I say that, I mean a physical human yeah. biology, biological <laughs> engine and not a real engine. We heard how the Tour de France started and they were taking, they were hitching rides a, a century ago on the back of cars, yeah. these guys. But uh, what, what's this going to boil down to as to who wins this? I think it's, it's, it's about everything. It's about how much do you want it, how, how what your tactics and of course the legs, the legs and the the mind, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be really hard for for both of them in the last few stages, uh, because on paper Roglic is a little bit better uh, in time trials, so if Pogacar wants to win it, he'll probably need to attack on one or few. Uh, remaining stages and then get this gap and uh, bring the jersey to, to Paris. 
I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be box office over the next few days, Yanni. Now, I'm going to embarrass you now a little bit because, well, I was made aware that uh, your former teammate, Lance Armstrong, who, of course, you rode with back in 2010 and 11. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but he's got a podcast, The Move Podcast. Hugely popular. A lot of people downloading this and listening to it. Now, at the start of this Tour de France, he was talking about Slovenian riders. Are you aware of this story at all, Yanni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are aware of it. Okay. So in that podcast, I think it was stage four, he was talking about Slovenian riders and the fact that he had never ridden with any Slovenian riders. Now, on the following podcast, he was reminded that that's not necessarily true. Take a listen to this. First and foremost, give a really special shout out to Yanni Brakovic, who was on our team forever. And look at this. Look at what he or somebody put up. (laughs) Did he put that up? Armstrong. Did we ever race with Slovenians? Yeah. Brajkovic, dude, you really <laughs> forgot I worked my ass off for you? So, yeah, Yanni, well, and, and, and I, I don't know. If, I think Yanni listens, but uh, this he was a badass. He, he, was, he, he was. And he by the way, badass. you know, he's about 120 pounds and could do it all. He could climb. He could TT. Uh, he was a super talent and, and a great teammate and a cool teammate. This is a fun guy. I remember, I remember one year we were at training camp, and he went down and bought the latest and greatest Ford Mustang. I said, what are you gonna do with that? He says, oh, I'm gonna ship it back to Slovenia. Oh, that'd be cool to have a Mustang. So he's rolling around like, like, you think he ain't the man? I wonder if he still has it. I don't know. Well, let's ask him. Do you still have that Mustang, Yanni? Yes, I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, Yanni, in, in all seriousness, I can't though, believe Lance is turning into Joe Rogan. Uh, he is turning into Joe Rogan. Massively popular, that podcast as well. I was listening to a bit of it today. Give us your take, Yanni, on Lance, because, listen, a lot's been said and written about Lance. You can only judge the man on what you saw of him. I appreciate that. Give us kind of your take on that year spent riding with him. Yeah, I'll... I'm just going to say he was the best leader I've ever raced with. And that comes from the way he took care for his riders, his teammates. He, he made sure everybody was feeling okay. Everybody was, uh, was getting what, uh, what he, he wanted. And he was a really good person. And, of course, he's done some bad things, but I, I don't think it's, the media has shown everything about him. And, and the second part, the other part, was not shown. And, and I think that's, that's not right. I think regardless of what he did, and obviously we all, it's well documented what he did, once you earn a reputation, everyone is so keen to embellish it the way it's been earned. And given the fact that Lance earned a very bad one, I think everyone was very keen to really embellish that because what you're saying there, Yanni, flies in the face of what you would read in in articles that would say that Lance was a bully, that he actually bullied his teammates. You're saying that's not the case. No, that's not the case. Not his teammates, for sure. When you were on his team, he, he really took care of you. He was really, he was really nice, but he was also very demanding. What separated him? Forget, forget the the uh, the, the well documented things that he did that actually separated him. But as a competitor, what was it about Lance that that made him different from everyone else? Oh, his his drive, determination. If he if he wanted something, he'll get it. 
for sure. Determination, yeah. Yanni, I know you are a Dubai resident. I know you're over in Slovenia right now, and I'm extending this as an invitation. I would love for you, when all calms down, for you to pop into our studio. I think an hour with you, Yanni, because you in your own right, you are a top, top cyclist. Do you miss it, Yanni, the top, top level, the Tour de France, etc.? Do you miss that competitive juices and spirit of it all? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm still racing. I'm actually starting the race tomorrow in Slovakia, Tour of Slovakia. So it's a little bit smaller race, but it's still a race. It's still a hard race. And it's still the competitive juices flowing, at least. It's maybe not the Tour de France, yeah, but yeah. you are still riding. And, of course, you're working over here in Dubai as well. So when are you back? When are you due back into the country? Uh, I think I'll come back after the world. So in, in about two weeks' time, okay. I'll probably come back yeah. right let's stay in touch because we'd love to have you in because your own story and I appreciate we've not got enough time this evening but you have been very honest with some of the demons and the battles that you've had during your cycling career and I'd love to talk to you about those and give your story on that as well Yanni so that is an open invitation to you we thank you for taking the time out this evening and final one from us you're backing Roglic all the way yeah we can send that podcast to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say I'd say Roglic. Okay, good man, Yanni. Listen, bless you, my man. Thank you for taking the time out to speak to us this evening on Dubai 103.8. Thank you very much. Fantastic, fantastic to have that man on the show this evening. Yanni Brajkovic, he does work right here, Revolution Cycle Dubai. He is a coach, he is the resident pro, and as you heard from him there as well, still riding. He's over. I think he's over in Slovakia right now racing. He is a lovely man and it was great to have him on the show. Interesting what he said there about Lance as well. There's always two sides to a story. I, I, and I completely agree with him. I think that uh, it's, you know, it's never, the reality is never black and white. No, it and isn't. We know that there were other things going on as well. I, I know you always say, you criticise me for sometimes potentially sticking up for Lance, but Lance was not the only one at fault. No, during that era, no, he wasn't, and, and yet he's the he's the man that's been held up as the kind of as the devil in all of this. Yeah. When when there were others that were just as culpable as he was. I've got to tell you as well, Yanni's own personal story, and it it is one that I'm sure would resonate with an awful lot of you. I don't want to get into too much details now, but Yanni himself has battled some mental demons, some physical demons as well. So he will be with us, no doubt about that, in the future as well, because there's an awful lot more that we just couldn't get to this evening with Yanni. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.